Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Game Changers, brought to you by Watch Your Game. In this series, I aim to explore the minds of people working in the Web3 gaming industry. For more Web3 gaming, live play, interviews, and reviews, check out watchyourgame.com. Game with a three. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Hello everyone. And welcome back to Game Changers by Watch Your Game. This week, we're joined by Mete from Vader Research. So Mete, who are you and what's your backstory? Thanks, Felix. Uh, thanks for inviting me. So I, I run Vader Research. Um, I have a background in finance, spent four years in the investment industry in, in the UK. Um, and been consulting Web3 games on economy design tokenomics strategy for the last three years. Uh, Vita Research, you know, we focus a lot on on game economies, um, game go-to-market, tokenomics, how games should have more sustainable economies, how they should have more profitable economies, etc. And in terms of kind of the overall picture so how long have you been running vader research and kind of giving out this um, advice and services to games sure been been around two and a half three years um yeah you know worked with like various companies not only games but also game platforms as well and for providers or or b2c platforms helping design their economies, helping helping target the right audiences and um, and and coming up with the you know optimal value accrual architecture. There's like tokens, NFTs, fiat, etc. And across that kind of period of time, I know from my experience I've been in the space for about two years at this point and I've seen quite a big shift in what projects are offering. How have you seen projects change and has that changed kind of what you've been suggesting to projects that you've actually been working with as time's progressed? Um, sort of. So the industry, I think, started, and when I say start, yes, of course, there was stuff before Axie as well, but it really started, it's really attracted capital and player liquidity with Axie's rise and summer 2021 you know actually was really generating a solid amount of earnings and and was growing that exponentially and i think um the inflows that went into Axie, kind of based on my math was more than two to three billion and this is in usd dollars and this is uh, inflows meaning like capital went into buying um NFTs for breeding, etc. Um, so, you know, around that time, things were more about play to earn. How how um, other other projects trying to copycat Axie's success and trying to monetize on that. Um, there was no playbook or no lessons yet, and and some people didn't quite get why Axie was successful. Um, because the game itself, you know, was relatively inferior compared to the Web2 competitors. I think over time, uh, people understood the importance of obviously having like a fun game, having a good 
gameplay loop where the the retention is based on um, the game itself rather than the incentives. Um, and I, but I think over time, um, as we have seen many funded companies not being able to deliver on the expectations, um, the industry has maybe has has admit that has to admit that you know the market in terms of number of users might not be as large as we might expect. Um, to me, Web3 gaming is a mix between gaming and gambling. Um, so the audience that the industry is targeting should not be, you know, hardcore AAA PC game audience or console audience. Could be potentially mobile free-to-play games, but not the entire audience as well. But a like a tangent between, you know, mobile free-to-play, some AAA, and gambling. Um, where you get really, really high LTV users. And when I say LTV, like lifetime value, in other words, you can generate a lot of money from these users. So you really don't need 1 billion users. Um, and over time, I think some people in the industry have realized that and trying to build stuff based on that. Um, and, you know, the some people who have who are smart and who 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 get it, did listen to some of the advice that I gave and, 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 and they have concluded it by their own. Um, some didn't. So it's 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 an in interesting uh, situation, yeah. I like the analogy compared to <clears throat> who we need to be trying to get from different markets. I think any Web3 game that calls itself a AAA or a AA <clears throat> is kind of more of a red flag to me than actually something I'm interested in because the majority of the time they have nowhere near the funding, the team, the size to be able to claim that and they shouldn't compete with it. I like what you're yeah. saying about knowing who you're going for and spending to that audience. We're definitely seeing some people who are trying to spend markets to get into the high-end AAA, but they don't have the product, so they're wasting the marketing money. If they slimmed down and focused more on a smaller audience, and we are starting to see that with some games that are like, yeah, for us, success isn't millions of users. Success is, I don't know, 100,000 users, 50,000 users, but they spend a lot of money kind of thing. And I think that makes... I know it just makes me a lot more confident in what they're kind of building out. Um, I do have a, I've, I've taken a few threads there because there's a couple I definitely want to come back to that I've been pondering and you sound like you've definitely got more information on than me. So I'm going to pick your brains a little bit on it. But to take a step back to the kind of start of it, do you think all Web3 games need to have economies in the first place? Yeah. I mean, without that, uh, I don't think it's a Web3 game. Okay, that's a, that's a pretty short answer. And do you think those economies need to be uh, tokens or what we're seeing with some where they maybe don't have a token, but they do it with NFTs that are exchanged between players? Do you think there's a difference between either of those or do you think they'll run into the same kind of issues? I think the same issues, as long as it's tradable. Uh, yeah doesn't matter okay okay you're, you're killing some of my dreams i'm i i think that eventually we'll have a we will have a spread across um games that just nfts just no tokens maybe they use a standard token 
so they don't create their own token. And then you'll have ones that are fully just thrown everything Web3 kind of into them. And I think, I kind of hope that that happens a little bit because one with too much tokens in is always a bit daunting to me. I I feel sometimes when I'm playing that gambler aspect that you, right. you mentioned that, oh, I like playing this game. I've got this cool skin. But every now and then I remember, actually, this skin's like $500 on the market. Should I should I really be holding this? Am I, am I this bit in? And do you think games are going to need to be more aware of how their users are perceiving the values and right now we have mixtures sometimes the assets are sold on marketplace and sometimes we're seeing games have their own marketplace do you do you see everyone do you see games trying to bring all of that under their own roof with the marketplace or do you think that they're going to kind of continue to use ones that are for more than just their own games um, so the question is, should they have it all in one marketplace? Do you think more will move to having it in their own marketplace, or do you think they'll do it kind of across multiple games in a marketplace? Sorry, m- multiple games in a market in one marketplace. Yeah. So right now, for example, I would go to OpenSea, yeah. um, and from there, I'd buy for loads of different games but i've got to physically leave the game i've got to know about OpenSea and deal with OpenSea. do you see more games trying to bring it all in-house so they don't get the user to go off somewhere else got it got it got it yeah that, that's a that's a matter of i think the the ux um so like pc they can potentially do that because at the end of the day you can always have a an nft marketplace aggregator and have the player buy it at some price and on the back end you know that that algorithm can buy the nft at the best price from whatever marketplace that nft is but from the player flow um ideally you don't want the player to exit the app right but so when we think about it um you know let's say there are three main uh platforms right now for web3 games browser pc app and mobile uh with with Mobile, you know, because of Apple's uh, regulations, Apple's and Android regulations, that is not possible right now. So they need to actually go into another screen. Um, unless, you know, the game is like a PWA where, you know, you 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 connect to the game from Safari and then you put it on your um, home home uh, page. Um, with with browser and and uh, PC apps, yeah, that is possible. But it's just I don't know how good the UX would be or or the backend tech would be. Um, those are the the stuff. And also <clears throat> to answer your to um, I just want to add something on the token NFT conversation. So like when you think about the difference between a token and NFT, um, one is fungible, the other one is non fungible. But um, like at some point, like NFTs are um, like in a game, a game has different classes of NFTs. For example, let's say, I don't know, um, swords, common class sword that almost anyone can mint. Now, as the AU goes up, the number of circulating swords is going to go up, right? Automatically. So at some point, those swords kind of become fungible because it's more or less the same. Um, so at that point, it's not that different from a token. I think the main difference between a token and NFTs, NFTs are harder to sell because it is more unique. 
there's like less liquidity with tokens because it is um, assuming that the token is trading on a centralized exchange there is a vast amount of liquidity so if if you want to buy one million dollar worth token or sell one million dollar worth token there is a better liquidity potentially um, than the nft plus because it's listed on centralized exchanges um, you have access to retail as well and that obviously that brings in um the the the, the kind of potential that people might buy it with the hopes that this is an amazing project it's going to do great but they might get disappointed um so just wanted to add those as well no i think that's a good point it does lead into a another thought that i've been having is whether games should be making their things harder to sell so for example the, the idea that nfts are harder to sell than a straight token could be a good way of limiting how many people are speculating on your assets in game without playing the game so for example an idea i had previously was rather than having say like clash of clans you've got gems and rather than having gems as a token you have an nft which is 100 gems in a bag and now it's almost the same as having 100 gems but the selling of that nft is likely to have a bit more resistance to it than just straight up selling a token which is called gems do you see any of that happening in the marketplace and should games make it harder or should they make it as easy as possible to trade? Yeah, that's a great idea. I think there should there there should be different ideas on preventing or limiting um, the sell transactions, especially from the players, gamers. It's like a vector game is like a casino. Once someone puts their capital inside the casino, once they put their foot um you want to make it difficult for them to exit you don't want them to withdraw their capital and exit that's why casinos are like usually the architecture is like a maze or like you can't find your way and there's always like you know they give you some of them give you like free drinks and free food not the ones in the uk but uh, some some that i've been to in different countries um so with web3 game like um, if the player is earning some rewards from your game, aka you're giving away free money in a sense because the NFTs and tokens that you're giving away has some value on the secondary market, meaning in a sense you're giving you're you're giving away some value, and um, you ideally don't want players to withdraw these as soon as possible. You want to have some some you know you want to make it more difficult for them to withdraw and this can be like what i love about for example pixels um, strategy where like they have these vips you cannot trade or withdraw the the barrier you earn unless you have a vip membership which is like one great idea another one with like Steppen is at least was they they made you the it it it, it was difficult to calculate the number of tokens you would earn on average um, so that this made it difficult for anyone to arbitrage um, buy because you know remember with with Axie it was like okay I buy this Axie for $500 and I'm probably gonna earn 100 SLP per day and it was more or less guaranteed more or less maybe like maybe 90 maybe 110 but it's it's gonna be average 100 so you could actually calculate how much SLP you can earn over the next 15 days 
and you can you can make a prediction on SLP price and say, okay, I'm, I'm probably going to get back my capital in you know two months, and then the rest would be just profits. So Stepin made this much more difficult, uh, and now with the new player to airdrop meta, um, it's even more exciting because you don't know what you're getting. So I am playing the game or I am buying stuff to accelerate my progression to get a higher position in the leaderboards. And my position in the leaderboard is going to determine the percentage of tokens I'm going to get from the airdrop token pool. Um, but I have no idea what, what the number of tokens that's going to be airdrop or the token price. So these are all like similar similar systems. And when you look at the core of it, it's all like a, a slot machine, basically. You're putting in some money and you don't know what you're going to get. And you're just, um, you're just curious about it. And the role of the Web3 game kind of developer or economy designer, et cetera, should be to keep those um, guests, players, investors, speculators, keep their capital and their attention in the game as long as possible. Kind of with the idea of making it hard for them to withdraw the money, do you are you more of an advocate of games that are trying to do it through the game itself so fun that you want to spend it and by taking anything out of the game you are making it harder for yourself in the long run or ones that are more firm about making it difficult so you use pixels as an example having that vip pass needed it's something i've seen in a couple of games where they've got a tax withdrawal so you have a hundred in game but if you want to take it out and sell it you have to pay 20 percent tax before it comes out which do you see happening more often and which do you think is actually likely to be better sure anything that is indirect is better something that's more subconscious um, like something like a tax, I think that's not a sustainable thing. People are just going to not come back again. Like they're not going to put more capital in your game. So um, both approaches are fine, but um, yeah, Pixel's approach is better in my opinion. Um, also keeping it, keeping it not obvious. Like you cannot withdraw it in 15 days. You cannot, there's, there's, there should be like a withdrawal limit maybe. Or you need to complete certain tasks to be able to withdraw. Like the game should incentivize players to, um, or, you know, if you withdraw now, that's fine. But um, if you keep for like 30 more days, you might earn 20 per, like, you know, stuff like that, um, that would nudge the players into keeping it longer within the system would be the best version. But of course, like if if it's purely gameplay based, amazing. But you always need some optimizations around different strategies as well. And thinking of the idea of making it difficult for people to get the money out we always see like you mentioned play to earn and that ended up with the manager scholar model where someone bought something someone played it the scholar not nothing bad on them but they were just taking that money out to have the money it was closer to a job for them i definitely see that happening with play to airdrop granted there's that ambiguity of not knowing exactly what your take home is going to be 
Um, and I won't, uh, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole that I think actually that makes the scholar manager relationship even worse because we've seen people saying that tokens are going to be worth a ridiculous amount, which is just hopium uh, in terms of when they get their airdrop. But do you think that there will be models where, and this is something I think of often, that you need to attract traditional gaming whales who are happy to spend thousands and don't want any return of investment. Like not a Web3 whale where I've got all these assets and I expect them to go up, but someone who comes in just dumps money for either a flex or because they like it. And then they have a kind of counterpart in the community are those ones who are just playing to grind it out and then sell things back to the community. And in my mind, if you had, I don't know, 10% big spenders, 80% people just play in the game, maybe they spend a little, maybe they take out a little, but they're kind of flat, more like a traditional gamer, don't interact too much with the Web3. And then you've got 10% who are playing it because they know they can get money from it. I think that sounds sustainable, but it's entirely just up in my head. Any any thoughts on that? Is that anything that you've been looking at, uh, kind of segmenting up your population within the game? Yeah, um, it is It is very difficult to attract that type of player. I mean, the, the free-to-play whales, um, it is just very difficult to attract them. All the... All the gaming industry, mobile gaming industry, is competing for their attention, and you know they're all spending a lot of money on UA, and um, it's just like a red market of competition. So, I think now Web three games gameplay alone they cannot compete with the Web two incumbents for sure. However, even though the game is not as great as the Web two one just a good amount of a decent amount of gameplay that would retain players um combined with web3 elements of you might get rich or you might earn some money or you might earn some tokens that uh, would be like shares of our um, company's publisher which is going to be very big in the future that kind of proposition might result in um keeping them in the system in the in the in the game and have them spend more money and time potentially so kind of the hope that i may get slightly rich it the same hope as with gambling that i could win here exactly but they just keep on and essentially they are just putting more money back into the system and you've got them hooked because of that hope um i think I think that makes sense, just especially from a gambling point of view, but then also from some of the stuff we saw with Axie. We saw some guilds that were able to pivot and go off to do other things and others that just kept doubling down because they'd had so many kind of sunk costs um, as they went through it. Um, just to, to kind of look a bit further out from just the, the economies themselves, when we're looking at Web3 Gaming, what do you think is the biggest challenge right now kind of across the space um i think so far we don't have any 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 game that has proven retention capital retention so far um i i, I do so no matter what happens web3 gaming web3 is always going to be cyclical so this is just a reality because it's capital markets, just like stock markets are cyclical. 
crypto web tree gaming assets tokens and nfts are going to be cyclical in nature however the volatility between the bull market and bear market it can be lower just like in the you know major stock markets developed stock markets in the world um the volatility can be lower and this could be lowered if we have games that are retaining users not only by incentives or hope you and, and hype, um, but also through some amount of solid, healthy um, revenue flow from players that are actually willing to have fun. So I don't think we have something, um, a game that represents that. And I think, um, I'm hopeful, I think there are going to be games like that. But... Um, yeah, it's it's going to take some time. And I like the idea of uh, an actual standard revenue coming in from players as a way to support it because all of the other ones which had no idea of where they were getting their money from, it was just getting printed, just yeah. Ponzi's. They're, they're obviously going to go. There, there's always a bit of a need for new players to keep coming in, but if that's your whole strategy, like it's very likely to fall over players who spend so we're seeing subscriptions we're seeing battle passes come out kind of try trying out things that are happening in traditional markets but do you, do you see projects maybe starting to well not starting to a couple have tried already but using traditional revenue streams outside of their own player base so we, we ads were quite a big thing that people were talking about for a while but it kind of dropped off a little bit and do you think that that could tie in with airdrops so as an example of one that is really old to be honest was uh, evio where you weren't points and tokens in the game but they weren't web3 and then when you went to cash out those points and tokens it was converted to sol but it was a weighted formula that changed depending on how many people had played how many people had points and how many people were going to cash out and how big their rewards pool was based on what they'd gathered through either player spend or market um, ad revenue into that pot of soul. That, for me, feels more sustainable. I don't know if people are still trying to earn through EVIO, still one of the most solid FPS games I've actually seen in Web3, even though it just plays in browser. But on the face of it, that kind of waiting feels more sustainable to me. Do you, what, What's your thoughts on those? Yeah, it does. I mean... Playember also has something similar. Like there's, you you um, as you play, um, they give you a cut of the ad revenue. Um, like one specific game, not all, not the entire economy. Um, so it does make sense. But how do I say? Like that is a very rudimentary way. That's like, like we have much, we have better tools. So. Inflation is not always bad. You can create some token inflation. You give some. You can give some token incentives as part of your UA go-to-market strategy. You can create a lot of noise, attract a lot of players um, without spending money by just giving out tokens. And who is financing those UA is like the, the, the markets, the speculation, the, the 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 guys that are the retailer is buying the token on the exchanges in the hopes that those players who are or airdrop tokens would retain and spend more money. Um, so I do think a bit more complex systems have chance as well. Um, and I think what EV EVIO or, or like what Play Amber has done with their Bitcoin game or what like 
foam games did with their Bitcoin mining. I, I forget the game. Um, it's it's the it's proof that it works, but those work at a very small scale so far. Um, Yeah, I think that makes sense. It's, I think it makes sense in my head because it is simple. Maybe that's why it's easy to <laughs> easy to grasp. And you mentioned around now we've been going around sustainability for games in most of the points so far. Do you think that game like making the sustainability rely on one game is part of the weakness and projects where they're more of a studio play with games that share an economy? actually have more strength when it comes to the sustainability angle um i don't think so like i would assume that if a game is doing well they would tie they would become a publisher and tie the earnings back into that game token as well somehow i mean skyrim didn't do this but i would assume the rest would do it um so i think that's like a i don't think that's a major differential um but yeah of course like if, if you want to bet, if you have the chance to bet on a specific gaming token versus like a publisher token of course you would go with the publisher token but in reality these are all narratives like there's no actual revenue from games or something that like it's not like you're betting on clash of clans versus supercell token you know this is just like um hopium a versus a portfolio of hopium <laughs> token so it's it's all narrative yeah, so kind of you're spreading your variance a little bit because you've got loads of pockets of hopium rather than just one big pocket yeah, of hopium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Which is like a different hopium argument, but yeah. yeah no, I think I think that makes sense. Uh, and then we've focused quite a bit on like what's happening now and what's happened in the past, but what are you excited for in the next three to six months? Oh, I, I think the market is going to do well in the next three to six months. So um, I'm excited about games coming up hopefully acquiring like actual users and combining web3 with kind of web2 users um i'm excited about like the economic experiments around that i um i do miss like some of the access days because there was a lot of data to play around um like i i consider that as a real economy just because there were like sellers buyers a lot of different assets now we've seen that um, for a bit with pixels, um, but the remaining like majority of the activity market is like you know pre-game lunch, NFT sales, all that like meta speculation layer, which is really not gaming. It's just it's just crypto. It's just crypto speculation. It's just investing. Um, that's why like when there is an an actual game loop as well, and there's an actual game economy. Things get more exciting from my personal end because it's more fun to analyze all that data and and to make uh, judgments around that. Um, yeah. No, I, I think that makes sense. I think the idea that a lot of these, they don't even have enough data points to be interesting. Oh, mint day, whee! And then you've got floor price maybe, and then that they're your only kind of data points across it. Um, obviously, we see some... I don't want to say lies with data, but some uh, uh, flowery truth with data points that people are using kind of right now. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, d I think that's always going to be the same because people do that. Every everyone's lying with statistics in some way. Um, 
and I think that eventually people in crypto might get smarter to it because it, the whole idea is that it's all on chain like it's all there but people still don't look at all <laughs> most of the time um is it so just to go back to your overall role are you full-time web3 now with vader yeah i've been been doing it full-time for two and a half years now Yes, and we see a lot of people, at least I do anyway, on Twitter, Discord, people trying to leave the rat race of Web Zero and jump into Web Three full time. What advice would you have for anyone that's looking to make that change? It's mm, a good question, man. So I, I, I was lucky because I have been pretty early. And uh, Web3 Gaming, like my previous skill set fits Web3 Gaming well, especially on the economy tokenomics side, which is a highly demand area. Um, and I have a very important, I have a very low cost base. I live in Turkey, um, so it's, it's not an expensive place to live in. The others, I don't know really. I don't know. No, I think that's it. I think it's a fair answer. I personally think it would be quite a big risk. Like, I don't think I would try and make the switch. Um, I've seen people, I know, well, I know a lot of people who work full-time. feels far too volatile for me. Um, I'm in a very comfortable job that I could I could be doing exactly the same thing in the next 60 years uh, and nothing would change. <laughs> and so the idea of jumping somewhere where we see projects spin up and spin down in under a week um, feels a bit too volatile uh, for me. Yeah. <coughs> I think that idea of having a low kind of uh, expense also helps because then you can help manage that, that volatility as well. But I'm hopeful that the next few years can be all money everywhere. So I think those at full-time Web3 hopefully be able to make a good enough stab of it that when the next bear comes in that cyclical motion that you were talking about, that they're not, I don't know, suddenly Web3 homeless kind of <laughs> kind of thing as people go through. Um, and for, for anyone who is looking to get more of your insights, more stuff from Vader as a, an overall product, where is the best place to keep up to date with what you're doing? Sure. I think uh, my Twitter account would be the best. Um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm most active. I know that's where I found you over at uh, Vader Research is the Twitter handle. I'll try and remember to put it in the description. I'm pretty bad at remembering, but I'll try and put it in there. So if you're listening, either search that or you'll be able to find it in the description as well. Um, just before I kind of close us out, what, what, what has been your favorite game that you've ever played? Um, I think it was Battle for Alert 2. Lord of the Rings strategy game. It's like Lord of the Rings Starcraft, basically. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's the first, first, first time I've had that on the podcast. And how long do you think you've played that game? Very long time. Um, very long time. <clears throat> Especially on like inter internet cafes before, you know, multiplayer was uh, before the internet was uh, faster. Um, yeah, a lot of time. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I know. I've I've just um, 
there's a product where you put in your Steam and they're giving airdrops based on your Steam. Mine was uh, 4,900 hours across my Steam. And I was actually thought that was quite low. I was like, I feel I've got some some hours outside Steam that might be missing. Uh, but no, I, I definitely think we can lose a lot of time to games. And I want to find a game in Web3 that I can lose a lot of time for. Right now, not so much. But I'm positive. I, I've got some hopium on board, so we'll see. But uh, it's been great chatting to, to you today, and okay. I'm sure I'll catch you around in the space. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for inviting me. Great show, and uh, thanks for inviting me again. And scene. There we go. <laughs> thanks for listening. Join us next time for more insights into the world of Web3 Gaming. And if you need to experience more Web3 Gaming content, check out whatsyourgame.com. Game with a three. And remember to look for games that you enjoy. And I'll see you next time.